Is there anybody else here that is not feeling 100%? Okay, is there anybody else in addition to that that you're worried about a doctor's report? Is there anybody here that would like prayer over? Okay, I'm going to speak the word of God over you. In fact, we all are. Uh, Cora, if you could go. I, I want to read Psalm 91. And we're going to read it together. And we're going to make some declarations. And the declaration is basically we're going to speak God's word. And I want you to see what God says for us when we come and we abide in his presence and in his holy place. I want you to see what God says that you can expect. Amen? You can expect God to work on your behalf when you are sitting in his secret place, dwelling in his place. He says, you come here and you be with me. And then he says, this is what happens when you're here. So I want you to look at this when we read this. And I might slow it down a little bit, Cora. I'm, I'm reading out of the New American Standard. Are you ready? Let's put up verse 1. And if I just say stop, I just want to take a, a moment to stop somewhere and to, uh, to shout out to God. Amen. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let's, let's say that one again because it says I. So he's talking about you. So when you look at this, make this your personal declaration. Tell the Lord, you're my refuge. Tell him, you're my fortress. Tell him, I'm going to trust in you. Let's make this personal. Okay, you, everybody say nice and loud. Let's go. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Verse 3. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Hallelujah. You, you can, by the way, you can shout hallelujah anytime you want. Okay, if, if it tickles you, shout hallelujah. Instead of giggling, shout. Amen. Verse 4. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulk work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 5. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by, the arrow that flies by day. You're not going to be afraid of no email that flies by day. You're not going to be afraid of no phone call that comes and says, by the way. Have you ever dreaded when the phone rings? Have you ever heard it go and go, I don't want to hear it? According to this verse, it says you don't have to be afraid of any arrow that flies by day. That's God's word. I'm not making this up. This is powerful. This is, this is powerful. God wants to touch you today. He wants to infuse you with faith. He wants you to walk out and make you feel like you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. That's what he wants you to... He, he doesn't want you to feel weak. He doesn't want you to feel neglected. He doesn't want to feel, you to feel insignificant. He wants you to know that he's with you. And that when he's with you, you don't have to be afraid at night. You don't have to be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. This might take me a while. Verse 6. Or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. You don't have to be afraid at lunchtime. That's what it says. Hallelujah. Can I have somebody agree with me? Is there anybody here that agrees that when I abide in the shadow of the Almighty, He comes and He works on my behalf? 
And he tells me, David, you don't have to worry about arrows that fly in the day. You don't have to worry about the terror at night. You don't have to worry about pestilence. You don't have to worry about things that want to have destruction that lies waste at noon. Hallelujah. That's being in the shelter of the Most High. I mean, we're st- I'm stuck on this chapter. I'm stuck on this chapter. I got something to preach, but I'm stuck on this chapter. Next verse. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing's going to approach you. You're going to see a thousand there. You're going to see ten thousand there, but nothing will approach you. Do you believe that? Now, I've been walking around my house, and I've been declaring. I've been walking around declaring this because I believe it, and I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to keep believing it, and I'm going to see it happen in my life, and I'm going to see it happen in your life. Why do we read the newspaper and we believe the newspaper, but we don't take his word, his news, and believe that? It confounds me. It confounds me. Hallelujah. Verse 8. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Hallelujah. You're only going to see what happens. You're going to get like a front row seat. When you abide in the shadow of the Almighty... You're going to see a 1,000 fall by your side. You're going to see 10,000 by your right hand, and it's not going to come near you. You're going to just watch what happens. I'm a candidate for that. It's like, sign me up. Verse 9. Let's make this personal. So instead of saying for you, say, I have made. For I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, my dwelling place. Verse 10. No evil will befall me, nor will any plague come near my tent. Hallelujah. No evil is going to befall me, nor evil is going to come near my tent. And I've got a big tent. Hallelujah. Declare the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Do you know what you hear, you start believing? Do you know that? Children hear the word no thousands of times before they hear the word yes. And do you know what a child grows up with? The idea that they're not good enough. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. So if faith comes by hearing, then make it by hearing the word of God. Change your faith. Hear the word. Verse 11. For he will give his change, his, (laughs) I'd like change, but he will give his angels charge concerning me to guard me in all my ways. He's got his angels watching over me. Hallelujah. I'd sing that with Twyla Paris. Verse 12. They will bear me up in their hands that I do not strike my foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Verse 13. I will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent I will trample down. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand up for a second? Look at your feet and tell your feet you're going to trample on young lions. Come on, tell your feet. Look at it. You're going to walk on the enemy. Those things that you used to think would bother me, I'm going to stomp all over you. Get a little country in you and say these boots were made for walking. Come on. And they're going to walk all over you. Why? Because I'm hiding in the secret place of the Most High. Take a look at your feet. Speak to your feet. Feet, you're going to walk over the young lion. You're going to walk over the cobra. You're going to walk over the serpent, and it's not going to bother me. 
Hallelujah. You can sit down. Verse 14. Because he has loved me. This is God talking now. He says, because I have loved him, therefore God will deliver me. And he will set him securely on high. He's going to set me securely on high because he has known my name. Get to know his name. Get to know his name. Get to know the name Jesus. Get to know the name Holy Spirit. Get to know the name Father. Get to know God your Father. Because you've loved me, he's going to deliver me. Hallelujah. Verse 15. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. God says that he will actually honor you. (laughs) He says, I will honor you. God's not afraid to say he's going to honor you. He is not intimidated. He doesn't have no inferiority complex he says you know what you come to me you secret in my secret place you stay with me you abide with me you let your my wings cover you he says and i'm gonna honor you wow hallelujah all right way to go jack you're with me verse 16 With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. I'm expecting a long life. I am expecting a long life. And I am expecting that I'm going to see his salvation. I'm going to see it now. I'm going to see it in the future. And I'm going to see it in eternity. Don't just keep pushing everything till the sweet by and by. You might as well enjoy it in the nasty now. His presence and His power and His glory is for you to have an experience now. Hallelujah. Now, I can't get over Psalm 91. That's 16 verses. And I've been reading it and reading it and reading it. I've read this. He says He's going to rescue me. He's going to give my wife long life. He's going to give my children long life. He's going to satisfy them with his salvation. And his salvation is the best kind of salvation there is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You either believe God's word or you don't. And I'm going to make a statement here, and I hope it makes you think. I can tell who here believes God's word. I can tell by the way you live. I can tell if you believe God's word by the way you live, by the confession that comes out of your mouth. You can tell how somebody lives based on what they do, what they say, how they behave. Hallelujah. That's not meant to be a downer. Sometimes we just need to change our confession. Sometimes we just need, we we need to change what we speak. God's word says that I am more, 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 more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror. I haven't figured out what that is because I used to think conquering was enough. But he says, no, you're more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Can you turn in your Bibles? I want to look at two, two passages this morning. I want you to look at Joshua chapter 1. If you can turn there and then... Put your finger there and flip over to Psalm chapter 1. So keep your finger in Joshua 1, but flip over to Psalm 1. 
I want to spend a few minutes this morning talking about routine. Part of my routine in the last few weeks has been reading Psalm 91. And to me, routine is powerful. And we can sometimes get so spiritual, but if you actually look at it, God is a God of routine. It's funny, he's a God of order, and yet on the day of Pentecost, it seemed like there was chaos. And you have to learn that God is God. Sometimes it's yes, order, and sometimes it's yes, figure it out. And that's okay. That's when we get to know him. You get to know him. You get to know his voice. I want to read Psalm 1, and I want to read Joshua 1.8 right after that, and then I want to give you some thoughts about routine. We've, we've celebrated a new year. We've made goals, resolutions, and uh, now we're desperate because it's like almost the end of January and we're nowhere near the resolution. So I want to give you some thoughts about that. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But, and this is where I want you to see, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree, I love this, planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We saw this morning that Joshua had the song of the Lord about the river. God's river is the most effective, efficient, life-giving river around. And if you want to grow, plant yourself at that river. Day and night. The ungodly, verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If you want, you can flip over to Joshua 1.8. In, in Psalm 1, the, the words that I want you to see, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And now Joshua 1. Verse 8. This book of the law, and at that time it was only the books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's what he's talking about, which is a powerful thought. These, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success God wants you to have a prosperous way God wants you to live a successful life that's what he wants and he says I'll show you even how to do it God doesn't, he, he doesn't say, oh, I'm going I'm, I'm to play games with you. No, God just says, here, you, you want to live a successful life. I want you to. Here's how you do it. it. It's not 16 steps. It's not do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. It's, it's you need to meditate. I can't dance. Is that one? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you thank God for that, because I dance, I dance ugly. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Don't let God's word depart, exit, leave your mouth. Now you speak it, it leaves your mouth. What he's talking about here is walking away from it, ignoring it. Don't let God's word leave your life. 
Routine. I want to talk about routine this morning. Routine is powerful. Routine is powerful. You shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate day and night. Think about God's word when you wake up. Think about God's word at lunchtime. Think about God's word at dinner time. Think about God's word when you go to bed at night. Sometimes we have bad dreams because we watch bad shows. Have you? I, I notice what usually I watch late at night usually stays with me through the night. So I've changed that. And I'm starting to watch a, a video of pastors that I really admire, and I watch that at night because I want to learn how to do it better. I want to learn God's word more. I want to learn how to expo- be an expositor. I want to learn how to bring his presence around. And I figure I've got eight hours of sleep, and I can make that real productive. Don't, don't, don't. Don't deny, when you sleep at night, God can speak to you. So you might as well position yourself, literally, to receive what he wants to say through the night. We read it in Psalm 91. You're not going to be afraid of the terror at night. Because I'm meditating on his word. My wife and I have gotten into the habit, into the routine. When we go to bed at night, we say, Lord, speak to me tonight. Do you know, a few years ago, God gave me about four, three or four dreams that were extremely specific. And I shared them with a couple people. And those dreams actually were pointing to what was happening. God will tell you and show you things to come. When you read the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, and part of what the Holy Spirit does is he guides you in all truth. God will guide you. He'll give you ideas when you sleep. And when you wake up, write them down and remember what God says. So routine. When I say routine... Some of you might think, what does routine mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a regular way of doing things in a particular order. It's a boring state or situation in which things are always done the same way. You know, sometimes routine is boring. It's like, I gotta do this again? Laundry. Oh, God bless laundry. I notice it with dishes, too. It's routine. It's no fun. But I put them in that little machine. I put some wash stuff in there, and I turn it on, and they come out clean. And then I get to do it all over again. But the routine, if you stop doing the routine of washing your dishes, what happens? It's a series of things And I love this part. I love this part. It's a series of things, such as movements or jokes, that are repeated as part of a performance. Have you ever heard of the guy's got a routine? So I'm not here to tell jokes. Although I saw this amazing joke. (laughs) And I gave it to my son, but I'll tell you what it is. It's, It's a, oh, it's hilarious. This guy is standing there, And he's looking around and he says, I've decided that I'm no longer living in the past. I'm no longer living in the past. I'm only looking forward. So therefore, whatever I owe you, I've forgotten. (laughs) Everybody that's in debt loves that one. Why is routine important? Routine is what gets it done. Your routine happens because of your priorities, and your priorities happen because of your values. In other words, what you value becomes a priority in your life, 
And from that priority, you will develop a routine to see that priority happen. So, for instance, I value health. So I have this value for health. It caused me to change my priorities. And I started to watch what I eat. Watch what I drink. Watch what I consume. It caused me to exercise more. And because of that priority, I then developed a routine on what I would do. I change. I don't order this. I don't order that. I get up this. I do that. Do you see that? And, and so routine is huge. Champions have a routine. David had a routine. Pastor Daniel preached an amazing sermon a few months ago on preparing for your day. David prepared for his day and he didn't even know it was coming. But what he did was he had a routine and he took care of his dad's sheep. And in that routine, a bear came and he took care of it. A lion came and he took care of it. And in that routine, he was developing himself for a kingship, which he didn't even know about. Your routine will prepare you so when that door opens, you are ready. Don't wait for the door to open and not have a routine ahead of time. Don't. Because you will be frustrated. You'll get bitter. You'll get angry. You'll be no fun to be around. You will be lonely because nobody will sit beside you. So literally, get into, Wayne Gretzky had a routine. He didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden they called him the great one. He worked at it. They say the champions are the ones that are first on the ice and the last ones to leave. Talent doesn't change a whole lot between Gretzky and other guy, but it was what he did with it that changed. They say, I, I, was, I was listening to Ryan Walter, who used to be a, a captain of a hockey team. He's won the Stanley Cup, and I had the honor of sitting down one time at the House of James listening to him, and he was sharing in his experience, he played for the Montreal Canadiens, one of the best hockey teams and most storied franchises in the world. I, I ignore that. And, and, and he was sharing about... As he got out of the hockey, he started to get into the development side of things. And he said there were kids that wanted to be like Gretzky. And he literally said there were kids that had amazing talent. Phenomenal talent. As they grew up. And then once they hit the area of the professional ranks, he said all of a sudden the difference in talent seemed to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And it became the difference in heart that caused the change. So all these people that excelled, 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 and then they hit the spot where all of a sudden everybody was just as good as them. But it was their routine, the drive, that got them to succeed beyond. Your routine is powerful. It is boring. I, I got some words for you with respect to routine. Habits, regular, series, same way, order, sequence, <laughs> discipline, patterns, process, robotic, methodical, as usual, custom, always does it, prescription, and recipe. All those words in some way, shape, or form, they don't, are not identical, but they all have an element of a routine or describe the word routine. Jesus had a routine. It is said, when you read the Bible, if you read Mark and Matthew and Luke and John, it says, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue to read. In Luke 4, Luke 4, 19, 18 and 19 is a passage where he takes the, the scroll and he reads from Isaiah. And after he reads that, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And after he finished that, he says, this day you've heard this in your ears. If you read a couple verses ahead of that, I think it's verse 15 or 16 of Luke 4. It says, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue to, to, 
to read. It says of Paul that Paul's custom was to go in the synagogue. Read that a few times in, in Acts. Jesus had said his custom was to go out and pray. It was not unusual for Jesus to pray in the evening or at nighttime. The night that he was betrayed, he went out to pray, and he brought a few of the disciples with him. And that's that passage where he says, you couldn't stay with me for one hour. But if you read that passage, you will find out that that was usual. That was typical of what he did. Jesus had a routine. Dwelling in the secret place is a routine. Routine does not happen once. You know, you wake up tomorrow morning and you say, I start a routine, and then Tuesday morning you change it. No, no, you didn't start a routine. Routine does not happen once. It's not a one and done. Routine doesn't happen twice. You're getting closer, but you're not there yet. Routine doesn't even happen three times. You say, well, I went to the gym three times and I saw no change. <laughs> no, keep the routine going. My goal this year is to lose 10 pounds, so I've broken it up one pound a month. And I got two more to go this month. <laughs> my routine, I got to change my routine. Routine is you speak that person's name and you know what they do. Pastor David, he always does. Pastor Daniel, he's always doing. Pastor Nelson, this is how he does it. What happened? They've got a routine. Pastor Louise, she's got a routine. If you're sick, she makes you something to eat. Her routine is to bless other people. Thank you, Mom. You are a blessing to me and Winona. She comes with meatball and rice. She heard my wife's cry before my wife even said it. My cry. <laughs> my mom hears that too. Thank God for parents. Hallelujah. That's why I've got two pounds to go, yes. Hallelujah. I'm glad you can laugh at my expense. Routine is powerful. And, and it can be very natural, but it can be, have such a powerful spiritual aspect to it. You can apply a routine in a spiritual manner, and you can apply a routine in a practical, natural manner, and you will get a result. I want to give you some thoughts about routine. Some, some of the routine, if, if I was to describe it, I would say routine is a catalyst. A catalyst is an action or something that happens that speeds up to get a result. So in, in scientific terms, when you've got a catalytic agent, it will take this and it will go through this process, which it will go through, but when you have it as a catalyst, it pushes it and produces it quicker. And if you want to get something, you find, if you study routine, you find out successful business people have a routine, most of them. There are more successful people with a routine than there are without a routine. So before you walk out these doors and say, I don't need a routine, I would suggest to you, you do. What is your routine when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> you, you know, they did, a, they did some real scientific research on what you do first thing in the morning. They interviewed all the contestants at, or uh, all the participants or all the people watching Jimmy Fallon one night. And they asked him, what is the first thing you do in the morning? And 38% of the people said the first thing they did in the morning was pick up their phone and see what happened social media-wise. That's our population today. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon. 38%. You know what? That's a routine. One of my routines is I will not look at Facebook Sunday morning. That's a routine I've decided I'm not going to do. I'll save the drama for grandma. <laughs> Get a routine. It's a catalyst. 
It will help you produce champions. Routines will help you order. It will help you get organized. If you have a routine. Now, don't be afraid if you make a routine and you have to adjust it. That is normal. So don't think, oh, I started this routine. Oh, tomorrow morning I have to do it exactly the same. You might find that you have to twist it, change it, adjust it. Always find out what produces. If something's producing, you want to say why, how, where, and focus on that. So there may be aspects of, of your routine that you need to adjust. A routine, I, I heard this one from Pastor Gary Alanese in, in Texas. Routine ushers in transformation. And I first I thought, what do you mean? Because I read in the Bible that you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he explained it. He said his routine over the Christmas holidays was to eat. And his routine over Christmas holidays was to eat more. And his routine over Christmas holidays was to enjoy every dinner he had. And then all of a sudden, he noticed the beginning of January that his routine from the end of Christmas and, and uh, Thanksgiving had transformed his body by 10 pounds. Routine will make a transformation, positive or negative. It introduces obstacles. I like that too. A routine will introduce you to some obstacles because the moment you want to change, there will be resistance to what you want to change to. Because if you're going along life now and you decide that you want to change, what happens is you have to adjust something and all of a sudden all those things that you used to do now have to either fit into this new framework or exit your life. If you look at your day today, and you say you want to do more tomorrow, but you don't change anything you do, you won't do more tomorrow. It's just a very simple mathematical fact. If you spend three and a half hours watching TV, which I believe is the average, and you don't change that, you're not going to accomplish anything different in that three and a half hours. So routine will introduce an obstacle. You can say amen if you'd like, but some of you are struggling with that one. <laughs> a routine establishes order. If you want to see order come into your finances, establish a routine. A very simple routine, and I'll say this for all you young couples and some of us older couples. But if you want to establish a financial routine, a very simple one is you make 100%. You get a check for 100% of what you've done. Take 10% right off the top and give it to God. This is biblical. If you want to increase your finances, give to God. I'm serious. If you want to increase and see your, I, I don't know, I, I can't understand it, but if I want to increase, I give. So the first thing you do is you give 10% of your income to God, which is biblical. That is biblical. And I've seen it work. Then what you do, young people, you want to learn how to become financially more astute, you take the next 10% and you pay yourself. Put it in the bank and don't touch it. And you live off of 80%. Now, it sounds great. You have to get there. But if you get there, you get into the routine. My wife and I have a routine, and it doesn't take me long to give my 10% to the Lord. And if I can be honest with you, that's just my starting point. Everything I have is God's. And I just steward it for him. You might want to write down that financial tip. 10% to God, 10% to you. And don't tell the creditors, well, I've only got 80% left. No, you, you, it may take a number of durations or 
cycles to get there, months, years. But look at that and have that as goal. 10% goes to the Lord, no question. And then 10%, I'm going to put that aside. You'd be amazed at how fast that can grow. Um, give you a little picture of routine. Routine is like rhythm. There's a rhythm in life. And if you establish a routine and you've got your goals and now you've got your routine and you get into it, you can, it eventually becomes a rhythm. I, I was on my bicycle for about a year and a half intensely and it became a rhythm. It became a habit. There were certain times of the day, that's what I did. There are certain times of the day you get into that rhythm. And you know what actually happens is you get into that rhythm, and then one day you miss it. And you know what? You actually do miss it. <laughs> you know, something's not right. And this can happen for a good routine, or should I say a good habit, or a bad habit. I mean, we all have routines, just some of them are good and some of them are not so good. And it's the ability to look at the not so good and change them to make them good. I shared with you, to me, you start with God. In your routine, whatever your routine is, losing weight, start with God. Seriously. He's concerned about your weight. He knows how the sparrows, every little sparrow, he knows, he knows what you need. Every single routine, start with God. You say, well, I've got a business plan. Take a minute. Take a minute and just say, God, be with me this week. Be with me today. Be with me in this meeting. And develop that routine so that every time you go into a meeting, you've already have a routine that you talk to God ahead of time. Don't get caught going, God, where are you? But get in the habit of having a routine that starts with God. Some of the, there are so many elements to a routine. My suggestion to you is just keep it simple. Don't walk out of here with 16 things I'm changing. Come out of here with one thing. Start with one thing. You'd be amazed when you change one thing, how the next thing is that much closer. And the next one that used to be here is closer. And it's amazing doing one thing well, how many other things start falling into place. And if you're going to start, and I've talked about this and I've said it every week, start with God. I make no excuses. I've seen too many people who start something and the first thing they say is, God, you don't fit into this plan. And I've seen them shipwrecked. I've seen them frustrated. Literally, every single routine you have Put God in it first. First. Sunday morning. Make Sundays a routine. You want to see your family grow up to serve God? You serve God every Sunday. Don't worry about making me feel good or bad. It's for you. You want your child to see a mom and a dad worshiping every Sunday. You want your child to see a mom and dad that honors God with everything they've got. And then your child would hit five years, 10 years, 15 years, and they have this mindset and they have this picture of God. I've seen too many people. People have come to Winona and I and said, we wish our children would be like yours. I'll be honest with you. It was hard work. They look so beautiful now. But it's work. But I tell you, I'm the proudest dad around. I've got four amazing kids. But it didn't happen overnight. There was a routine. And I'm passionate for you and your families. There's nothing more heartbreaking 
than to see that go sideways. Your routine, it's important. You want to have success in life, develop a routine. Develop a routine. And the first thing you do is you put God in that routine. I remember as a child, I'll close with this. I remember as a child, every meal, back then we would actually sit around a table. I know that's a very difficult thing to do in today's day and age, and I'm not being silly. That is very hard in today's day and age. Back then, um, we were able to do it, and we'd sit around the table, all of us, and after dinner, my mom or my dad would read a chapter from the Bible. I remember night after night after night. Didn't happen every night, but there was more nights than it did that we would go to bed and all us boys, we'd go down for tea and a biscuit or a cookie and then we'd all pray. I remember those routines. My parents, sometimes they drugged us, as in pulled, to church. But I were dragged. That's better. But we would, and, and they would come in the second row. They'd sit. And to get all us boys there on time, it was a miracle if we were 10 minutes late. I remember crawling underneath the chairs Sunday mornings. I remember at Sunday nights. We were at church so much that I actually threw up once in church. I'm 50 years old, and I am not bitter. I am so thankful. That's a routine. That is a routine. That is putting God in the routine. My dad was the hardest working man I know but he never missed a Sunday. And he would literally start work if he had to at midnight after church on Sunday if something had to get done. We didn't miss Wednesday night, but I remember working through the night Wednesday if it needed to be done, but we went to church Wednesday. Routine. You want to succeed in any area in your life, develop a routine, and it will look different for every single one of you. I don't believe in just one factory or one assembly line and here you go, here you go, here you go. We're all different. We all have different schedules. We all have different dynamics at play. But develop a routine. The routine doesn't change. Develop a routine. God first. God first. In my thoughts... You developed that. Pastor Nelson tells me that he was told when he was younger to start thinking about God, and he consciously decided that he was going to put God in his thoughts. And he realized later on that he started to think, and the first thing he would think about is, what does God think? That didn't just happen. That was a routine. I want to see every single one of you be the best in your field. I don't care if you're a janitor. I want to see you being the best janitor in the world. I don't care if you flip burgers at McDonald's. I want McDonald's to say we want everybody to flip burgers like that person. I believe as believers you have that in you. Wherever you are, I believe that you are to be the best. That's what I believe. And that starts by having a routine and putting God in that routine. So if you sit down and you say, I'm going to devise a plan, I'm going to have this routine, make sure the letters G-O-D are in succession and at the front end of that routine. One of my routines in the last couple of weeks, Psalm 91. I still can't get over it. Powerful. Get in the routine of God. Amen. Do you receive that? I want to feed you something that will see you excel.
Because I believe every one of you is not destined to be at the bottom, but you're destined to be on the top. I believe every one of you is destined to be the head and not the tail. And I will give you whatever I can. And I know Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson and anybody we have that comes in here and speaks is going to speak so that you become the head and not the tail. I want to see this church full of spiritual and natural achievers. 100% satisfied knowing that God, I'm doing everything, and God, I'm, my business is succeeding. My relationships are succeeding. My finances are succeeding. My children are succeeding. My health is succeeding. I am the best in this, and that's not to brag on me. It's to brag on God. But that's what I want to see for every single one of you. You are not mediocre. You are brilliant. You are amazing. You are powerful. You are more than a conqueror. Don't settle just for a conqueror. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. And I am more than done. There should have been a few amens. I can keep going. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Patty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, may we keep you as number one in any and every routine or habit that we have. May we develop a mindset and a discipline and a routine and a regular aspect of living that has you number one in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would bless everyone here today in your precious name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. One thing I forgot to announce, Tuesday nights, Tuesday nights in February, from 7 till 9, every Tuesday night in February, um, I will be doing some teaching called 2819. And that is designed to give you greater teaching and see you excel. So every Tuesday in February, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock here at the church, will be some special teaching time. God bless you. Have a routine week.